extrinsic traps and how to avoid them. Uh, yeah, really excited for this now. We've been talking about intrinsic and extrinsic rewards for a couple of episodes now. And we're going to go deeper, uh, obviously, and continue with the topic. Uh, this one's super interesting to me because this is so day-to-day practical and useful and so relevant. I don't care who you are. This is certainly relevant to you, especially in modern life in the Western world. And if you remember the study I talked about a couple of episodes ago to kick off this uh, stream of episodes about the, the young um, preschool or early school children drawing and they were getting rewards after they just did of their own accord to start with but when the rewards was taken away they didn't draw as often a lot of them stopped 50 percent reduction right so it's fascinating it's super fascinating study it's like how does that happen when they started doing it audience of none style when they started just drawing because they loved it why would giving them a reward and then taking it away impact them and the example i would give you that's probably relevant to most and it's certainly again hand up this has been true of me if you think about a social media post on facebook or instagram or linkedin or youtube views or whatever whatever you might be into uh, and you think about right you you make one you just share a nice moment or if you're a business person it's uh, something to do with your business or whatever it is and you get lots and lots of great feedback maybe lots of likes lots of comments uh, all this stuff and it makes you feel good and you weren't expecting it. And you're like, oh, this is cool. Like, wow, great. Sometimes what you might think is, all right, well, you know, this is, this is good. It gets good traction. I'll make another one. I'll make another one next week. You make another one. And then have you ever had the feeling of like it doesn't quite go as well? doesn't get as much traction. And then you're thinking, oh. And you're a little bit down, a little bit upset. Like, why didn't that one do as well? And... It's funny because you started off not actually caring about how well it was received. You started just trying to share something nice or a nice message. And this happened to me time and time again because obviously social media is one thing that's certainly gamed or designed to game our psychology. All right, they have dopamine labs. Or they, the best job you can get as a psychologist in the world, if you're not Jordan Peterson, is being paid by social media websites and investors or whoever does it and funds them, dopamine labs, to figure out how to kind of sucker people's attention and get them to hand over time of their lives to looking at social media sites. So it's all designed to lure you into an extrinsic trap for validation and approval from others. And it's like a drug and it's like getting hooked. You started off not caring, then it was introduced and it's, so it's something you, bec- you wanted more of, but because it's a pleasure-based reward, uh, you're, you do fatigue to it. And you do really give over a portion of your soul to it, right? It's nuts. And I describe it to friends as your drink being spiked. First, you just wanted a drink. but It's like someone put something addictive in your drink without you realizing it. And you start drinking it. And then you become addicted to that thing. Even though you had no intention of getting addicted. Even though you're perfectly happy beforehand. And it's the same as like when you've been exercising for a while, I guess... And you, uh, you know, then you're like, I've been well, I can just eat one chocolate. But then you start eating more chocolates. And then you go back into the habit of eating junk food all the time. And it's this slippery slope. It's not, that's not food, junk food I wouldn't think of as an extrinsic reward. You know, it probably gets a bit technical, so I'm not going to go there. But I mean, the function, the mechanism for how this kind of trap happens, the extrinsic trap I call it, uh, is, this, is a similar kind of mechanism. It certainly seems to happen in the same way. Now... 
part of the part of when I fle- reflect on my younger me and teenage me when I cast my eye back is you know I was always I guess seen as a bit of a leader I was widely liked when I was a young kid and I think that gave me the ambition to want leadership positions I kind of talked about this a little bit a, wh- a couple of episodes ago and so I realized that the way to get a leadership position after I missed out one year on getting like the kind of SRC whatever it was like captain of year eight or something I realized the way to get it was obviously be connected and be a good person to heaps of good people this is what I talked about the last episode about an extrinsic thing can be a good way to get people into things, right? Praise and stuff like that and a little reward can be a good little motivator to get people to start something, but you certainly don't want them to keep wanting that and keep that being the reason they keep doing it. You know, for example, certain subjects at school you don't think of yourself as good at, but maybe you do well at by surprise and you enjoy the feeling of being good at them and you lean more into them. That's like the way you kind of discover your, your skills, right? You start to get interested because it's, it's kind of a cool feeling to, to make something good and you lean further into it. So it was funny. I spent this year kind of going out and just getting to know more people, saying hi to more people, being nicer to more people, being a bit more proactive. And then I found I actually enjoyed being that way because I made more friends and I was part of a bigger community. So it started extrinsic. I want to be a better leader. Two, second step, how do I be better? Well, go talk to and be present with more people. They have to know you to vote for you. Step three, got elected. But then what happened in following years, yeah, don't get elected again, get upset, disappointed, and anxious. Even though the point of being a leader is, you know, being a good person and looking out for the interests of others, not the title. The title is the extrinsic part of it. And that's why I call it the reluctant hero problem. I call it, and you can call it like example of like Harry Potter, Frodo, you know, Jon Snow. Like you pick your favorite myth, uh, mythological story or fantasy or adventure story, and the hero is always someone who's reluctant. They're unassuming. They weren't looking to save the world. It just so happened that they were the one that had to do it. They were f- they found themselves in the position where it was required of them. There's a great quote from the Harry Potter books uh, by Albus, the character Albus Dumbledore, who says, you know. Perhaps Harry is those people like you. Um, oh, geez, I'm gonna have to paraphrase. I don't remember it word for word. It's those like you who do not seek power, but who have it thrust upon them and find to their surprise that they wear it well. That are the ones most suiting. And I talked about the law of ensuement a couple of episodes ago. My little law for like you can't want things directly, especially extrinsic things or the finest rewards in life. They all come indirectly from genuine pursuits. You know, if, if Harry Potter sought glory and fame he'd be like you know Voldemort or Draco Malfoy or one of those other characters so the irony of what makes a great leader so often that they don't want to be a leader that's what makes them real humble and look at the what's in the best interest of everyone else even the best leaders in history are like that you know it's uh, fascinating to think about and that's why politics the way it's set up it cannot ever be much better than it is now because it's such a big extrinsic reward to be head of a whole country or a whole kingdom. It's always going to attract power-hungry people. It's always going to attract power-hungry people. And it's a lot harder for genuine people to get through the filters and put up with the bullshit. I'm not saying there's not good politicians and there haven't been great rulers, but as a system, it's always going to be more attractive to power-hungry people. Or people who seem really genuine but actually really love the power too. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah, so 
extrinsic traps, it's getting your drink spiked. And that's why you can start off very genuine, but get sidetracked. So I'm always scanning myself for this as much as possible. And if you're, a, I guess, someone else ambitious about making change and solving problems in the world and opening doors for others, you're going to have like uh, Adam and Eve in the Bible. There's going to be a little tempting forbidden fruits along the way and you're not going to necessarily see the harm in it. So the, the, caution, the cautionary message I give to myself, and which I would also give to others, is to always remember the so that principle. And my, my so that principle is, you know, we have tactics, we have strategies, and we have goals. And they go in that, you know, tactics are at the bottom. So first you have a goal. I want to do this. I want to help people with this podcast. Strategy is then is, is, all right, how am I going to go about achieving this goal? And that wasn't even a really good goal. Say my goal is to get people to open doors for others. Strategy, a podcast. Why? It's a popular medium these days. It can be done very casually, low budget, um, and it, but the distribution is has a very high ceiling, right? It can go anywhere. It doesn't matter. I can put the same amount of effort in to an episode and a million, two million people can listen to it, you know, in theory. Tactics, all right, how am I going to get that many people to listen to it? And then you think about, well, how can it be distributed? But it doesn't work the other way around. Sometimes when you engage yourself in a tactic, you lose perspective. A lot of tactics might be measured by extrinsic outcomes, so podcast is a good example, number of listeners. Yeah. And, but you don't, you know, <laughs> it's a funny, you can see number of listeners when you look at podcast metrics. What you can't see is the reaction of each of those listeners. You can see maybe how long they're listening to the episode, but that's a measure of engagement. Maybe everyone's bored. Doesn't mean they all love it. Uh, maybe people just listen to what they get from it and they don't want to get distracted by an idea and they stop listening. So you don't even know. So the metrics can't even tell you how successful you are at getting your message across, really. You're using rules of thumb. So if you get bogged down in how many people are listening or how many followers you have or how much revenue you have or all these metrics that are rules of thumb, very extrinsically defined and then related to your tactics, not actually even your strategy or overall goal, it's very easy to get caught in that game, right? Whenever you're playing a game, wherever you're on your lower level of something, you lose track of time and you lose perspective and those things you're moving towards seem important. You forget what they actually serve. So I call it the so that principle because it's always good to remind yourself, all right, I want more prison, I want more podcast listeners so that I have a better chance of creating a culture around this idea of opening doors for others so that more people will be more likely to open more doors for others if more people are listening to the podcast. More people listening to the podcast wouldn't in any kind of logical way undermine or hurt that message. So it seems like a worthwhile thing to pursue. But listeners, heaps of listeners are not the goal. The goal is opening doors for others. And then maybe in future, there might be a better way than doing the podcast that I could use this time for to open doors for others. Who knows? Can't rule that out. So th the whole goal setting thing, so even a more relatable everyday one for people who don't work you know, in, in making content and, and all that stuff common one from my real estate experience like everyone all right, i want to buy a home well, why do you want to buy a home buying a home is not buying a home is a, is a tangible physical thing goal is not to buy a home it's a stupid goal right it's a tactic right i buy a home so the place i live you know, might also be an asset that might grow in value over time 
Um, you know, I'll be able to stay in one place as long as I want. I'm not on someone else, a landlord's kind of clock. Uh, all the other reasons, right? You stack them on. I want, you know, that way I can choose it. I can spend more money on it because I know it's mine. So I can outlay more and customize it more. Uh, whatever. There's all these reasons for owning a home, but really you want to do those things so you have the best possible living experience and lifestyle. So the goal is probably to actually have a good and fulfilling life and lifestyle in life. You want to be financially comfortable so you don't have to worry about those things. Then you can question the whole paradigm and construct of, well, you know, is the point of the home comfort? Is the point of the home financial? Is it, what is it? What's the primary reason? Not the 10, what's like the one major one? And so you might say, oh, so it's more comfortable life for me and my family. And then you might ask, well, is comfort actually good? You know, I'm recording this now. My brothers are, you know, they're good guys. But, you know, I th I'm pretty sure right now they're just sitting around probably playing Nintendo Switch and PlayStation. <laughs> and I know they don't freaking listen, so it's no, pr no problem that I can talk about them. And, you know, comfort. Comfort, you know, leads to atrophy. So you can poke a hole in a lot of things that people, most people actually want and it's culturally normal to want and chase. Um, but it's losing, it's often losing sight. But those aren't, you know, those aren't normally the real extrinsic traps. But yeah, you get caught, certainly they're outcomes, right? And the outcomes of low-level significant, insignificant things. So really interesting to think about. The So that test is really powerful. So... What's the pri what's your priority right now? What feels like your priority today? Maybe even if you're listening to this in the morning, where are you going today? And why are you going there? I'm going to work so that. And keep following it till you can't ask it anymore. Keep asking so that so you can't ask it anymore. Be interesting what you find. But yeah, extrinsic traps is really interesting to think about. Think about what you're vulnerable to. You know, think about what you're vulnerable to and what you start caring a lot about that's actually maybe part of a tactic and not actually measuring your goal. Because um, it doesn't mean that's not important, right? Podcast listeners are important if my goal is to try and get as many people as possible to open doors for others. Podcast listeners are important. They're not necessarily everything though, and they're cert but certainly not unimportant. So it's really interesting to think about and not getting caught in extrinsic traps as much as possible, or certainly probably knowing how to get out by remembering what's important, what the overall goal is, and being clear on it. Look, that's been fun, guys. Um, I guess that's all for today. So thank you very much for joining us again. Reminder, it's a daily podcast. At the moment, we're talking about intrinsic and extrinsic drives and everything related to that that we can cover in a short, reasonable period of time. Don't forget, there's more on the website, as always, www.withjoeweeby.com, where the blog and the podcast live, and all books and everything Joe. Um, but until then, remember, and I, you know, as I said, the goal, part of the goal here is to get you to open doors for others. So if this will help anyone, if you know anyone caught in extrinsic traps, maybe share it. And hopefully, if you open doors for them, they can then open doors for others because the best way to open a thousand doors for you, don't forget, is to concentrate on opening doors for others. <laughs>